Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, and you're very welcome to Rugby Tonight. I'm Craig Doyle. Hello, Craig. Oh, nice to see you. This is our final episode of the season, but hold back the tales for the next 40 minutes uh, or so as myself and Benny Kay uh, discuss the big week for England and Harlequins, Barbarians' memories, and who is the best place to dominate the Premiership for the next few years. Few years obviously, yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, we'll also be hearing from the new man at the stoop, Paul Gustard. At <laughs> the way. Stoop. Uh, and Billy Twelvetrees as Saracens. It's Craig Dutch. He is at the stoop. He is at the stoop. Uh, Will the Hills are appearing. I can't carry it on. Uh, Craig had to go. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to carry on for oh, him, Ben. Do you want to do the door closing yeah. noise? Closed. Uh, and we're also going to look at the Premiership crown and who's going to take it at Twickenham this Saturday. But first... Some news. Gustard will join Harlequins after England's tour of South Africa. Here he is explaining his decision to leave Eddie Jones' setup just 18 months before the World Cup. Well, it's massive, you know, you, you don't walk away from something like that lightly. Um, I've invested two and a half years of my life. I left a, left a pretty decent club in Saracens to, to, to join the RFU. And uh, I did that because I wanted to win a World Cup with England. And, um, you know, for, for two and a half years, we've, we've, we've done pretty well, you know. And uh, I've learned a lot from Eddie. Uh, he's been fantastic to me personally. Uh, he's been fantastic for English rugby. Um, you know, twice I owe debt of gratitude to Eddie Jones in 2008. He recruited me as a coach or retired me as a player, which, whichever way I like to look at it. And then again, 2016, he came to Saracens and took me for the, for the role with England. And uh, it's been a privilege to represent my country over the last two and a half years. But as I've said before, like, this is a huge opportunity to do something different for my life. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And he'll be the head of rugby, which I don't know what, really know what that means. It's got a big head, but I don't know if that's... Well, I think he's what... looking after all the... Well, I, I guess all the on-field stuff. Yes. And then the other appointment they're looking for is a general manager who... Yeah. He'll probably... manage contracts and recruitment. Yeah. Ben Ryan's in the frame for the general manager. Well, that'd be quite Maybe good, Maybe looking actually. after the medical side and the, the fitness side as well. I sort think of that'd be quite a nice director. combination, Ben yeah. Ryan and, uh, and Guzzi. Uh, it's a big old job for him, though, isn't it? First time as the head of yeah, something. It it's uh, it's good, Actually, it's good to see one of the premiership clubs making that step. I totally agree. And a lot of bad press over it that he's leaving Eddie Jones's setup. What do you make of that? I think he's bored of the five o'clock in the morning email <laughs> saying, why aren't you up doing some work, Guzzi? Uh, because I've got a family and I'm in bed, Eddie. 
uh, I, potentially. See, a lot of the journalists are, are sort of saying, oh, it must be terrible. And there have been, he has had a high turnover of staff, not necessarily coaches, but the the sort of backup staff, the analysts, the, the media guys. He has had a turnover in his setup, probably because of that. But I think Paul Gustard's made this decision. He's a tough character, Guzzi, isn't he? We know him very well. I don't think that would have necessarily bothered him. I, I think he's made the decision because... Here we are all bemoaning the fact that there aren't enough young English Premiership uh, DORs or head coaches that are given a go. And had he waited until after the World Cup, I don't think, you know, who's to say that any jobs would be available? Well, we're only speculating anyway. We don't yeah. know if Eddie had phoned him up and go, "Why's you, mate, i go yeah. look for a job. Because defence hasn't been that great well, for England over the Six Nations. You know what Eddie's like. But, but I, I think it's a great move for him. I think yeah. the move wouldn't have necessarily been there after the World Cup. And he could have gone through his whole career being a defence coach who had ambitions when he was younger to be a director of rugby, but never quite got the got the shot at it. So I think he's doing the right thing. It leaves Eddie Jones in, in the lurch a little bit, but he can look around. And, I'm free. I'm um, free. One day, one day he could be in Eddie Jones's position because he took that job and, and left the England World Cup setup. Do you think he should go to South Africa on the tour, or do you think he he'd pro he probably wants to get going? Doesn't he with Quinns? Knowing Guzzy like we do, he's very. Uh Neurotic, neurotic, neurotic. That's that's a that, that, that's a skinning. Ver <laughs> that's a that's a thinning version of somebody who's nervous about um, thinning. He's neurotic. Look, he's a good bloke. He won't want to leave anyone in the lurch. There's a bit of a handover process, but equally, from a selfish Harlequin's point of view, it will allow him to speak to some of the senior players and and just sort of get a feel for their views on where the club needs to change. I know all focus should be on England, but. I, look, I, I don't think it's the end of the world I'm going for Harlequins. The interesting appointment I'm looking forward to is, uh, will his dad be a spy for Harlequins <laughs> like he was for Leicester Tigers in the early uh, 2000s? Allegedly. Prove it. <laughs> He'll certainly have made a load of T-shirts for the Harlequins players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he certainly will. Uh, re replacement for him, people saying Alex Anderson. I think that would be a good one. Brad yeah. Davis, not so sure. I don't think Sean Edwards would work. What about slightly away from the usual? Like a left, going for like a a left field. Left field. What about someone who's maybe a bit more attack orientated? Like a, I, the name I thought of was um, Paul Grayson. Great rugby brain, different style of coach, I'd imagine. And I just wondered whether, having spoken to him on numerous occasions, his reading of the game is brilliant, whether you know that might be a different type of candidate to go for. Yeah, and he's just got planning for an extension on his house. Yeah, so he probably so he needs, needs the, the job. He needs the job. Sam Vesti, but he's already involved with, with Northampton. So I just wondered whether he might look... You know, yeah, I think, English he, I think if Guzzi's got any sense, he might look for an older head, someone who's dealt with a few issues with other teams, someone who can maybe just maybe slow him down a little bit because uh, you'll go into that job all guns Oh, I was blazing. meaning to replace um, oh, you're Guzzi thinking, with oh, England. Yeah, so oh, not I going see. in specialist defence coach. All right, OK. Uh, good, it's good that yeah. we're on the same wavelength yeah, today. Yeah, it's going to bode well for a uh, for a good podcast. But uh, What are you talking about? Moving, I don't know. Uh, anyway, the Champions League final this weekend. Excellent. Come uh, on, Liverpool. Yeah, as an Evertonian, I will actually be supporting Liverpool this weekend. Really? It's a good segue into a piece of bad news, actually, talking Terrible about Liverpool. Uh, Jack Willis, out for nine to 12 months with an ACL and a bit more, I think, in, in that, um, that knee of his. Uh, it does start the question about these artificial surfaces. I'm, I really shouldn't it does. talk about artificial surfaces. No. <laughs> How, how is yours? Is it still holding up? It, it's fine. All, all that's happened is that the length of my neck's got longer and my head seems to have rotated slightly backwards. And you managed to back you know, like an orb. some of the hair off your yeah. back. Which... Yeah, all that's doing it is receding inside my head and coming out my nose and ears. I'm so... glad we dealt with this uh, really sad topic 
so sympathetically. Well, you, you, you brought up the alleged <laughs> transfers. No, I didn't. Uh, right, yeah, look, it is uh, terrible news for him. He's, he, without a doubt, has been one of my players of the year, if not my player of the year. Big, big future if he can get himself back fit. I've always heard a little bit when people sort of go on about pitches and things, I've always heard a bit on the, well, let's see the evidence first. But having watched that injury, without a doubt, his front studs catching the turf before Owen hits him in the knee. It's different to a Matt Tamur injury that was on grass where he's actually deliberately stopped his foot to try and break and his knee's not been able to cope with the forces. And to me, that specific injury was caused in part by a lack of give in, in the surface. I think it's too difficult to do the research because there's so many, there's like a million different ways you can tear your ACL yeah. on grass and on fake surfaces. There's a lot, of, a lot of players that say I would just like say it. that it, your probability of getting injured on that surface is slightly higher than I think, it is on grass. I think grass. the report said statistically, which is different, as you said, to the different styles, statistically, it's the same incidence of injuries but more serious injuries on the artificial surface. That was the England rugby report. But we saw lots of that. injuries from the pitch in Bilbao because it was just too old yeah. and it was too hard. So one of, the, one of the things I've said before, actually, is that maybe Premiership Rugby should get together and part of the central funding should go into making sure that all the pitches are, are the uniform. same surface. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And they're all maintained by a potentially by a central body that go around and a check them. A groundsman, well, I a would groundsman. suggest. Yeah. But no, potentially by a... a uh, you have like a, a head of pitches, if you like, that goes around, checks them all, makes sure they're the same. Because one of the things that the medics say is, and, and even in terms of players' training, is swapping from one surface to another. If you go from a boggy pitch to a deso or a partial artificial pitch, even on the same training ground in one session, your instance of injury uh, likelihood goes up. So... Maybe that is something that we should consider. Talking about considering th different things, Danny Cipriani is likely to play at 15 against the Barbars at Twickenham. On uh, is it is it Twickenham? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. On uh, on Sunday, uh, Nathan Hughes to make his comeback in this game as well. What do you make to Danny at 15? I'm sort of I find it a bit surprising. I think it's a bad message for Mike Brown, isn't it? A little bit, but I think or a good message. You Eddie, look at it. Eddie from sort of way back when he first came in said that one of the areas that he has a slight problem with is that wider channel, whether it's 13 or 15, he wants a ball player in that position. Now, we thought he might have tried Elliot Daly in the 13 position. Henry Slade's been playing there for um, for the Chiefs. But I think having seen the reason Cipriani is possibly at 15, having seen what Willie LaRue has done for Wasps and having that guy that can make a decision when that, Wing is flying off his wing to, to try and, in, not intercept, but hit man and ball to the 15. That is a major threat in world rugby at the moment. And, and I think that's why he's put him out there. And he probably thinks that he's the best person to do that. I don't think, you know, he hasn't obviously had much uh, game time there of late. Well, if you were captain of the Barbars and I was the fly half, what would you be suggesting Let's that I do? Let's go on I the do? smash. <laughs> hey, okay, when we get back in just before the game on the Saturday morning... What would you be advising or preferring that I would do as a fly half in that game? Bomb it, Danny, for the first yeah, yeah, three times? Yeah. And then the forwards would fill him in, basically. Yeah. That's pretty much what's going to yeah. happen, isn't it? But maybe and the bar bars aren't supposed to kick it. Another interesting one, Chris Ashton. He's going to play uh, against England at Twickenham. I'm hearing lots of rumours that he wants to come home. Yeah, um, it's a difficult one because it's not a club 
where you'd feel you had too much control over decisions like that with Murad and, and his history. If he wants to sit on your contract and, and make your way to uh, sit on your contract and, and make your way to out, then he's he's a sort of person that do that. But I think, do you reckon if he was back in England, he would be in the England squad now? I'd have him in the squad. Yeah. But do you reckon Eddie would? I think probably. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, he's a brilliant finisher. He's yeah. head and shoulders above most people as a finisher. And then it would enable you, actually, to have a back three of Chris Ashton, Elliot Daly at full-back, and then probably Jack Noel on the other he wing. Or, yeah, that's true. Or he hasn't played Elliot Daly Watson. at full-back, has he? And that no. would be one, one option. But here that he thinks Elliot Daly is by far and away the best winger he's got, so he doesn't want to compromise him. Mm. So Elliot yeah. Daly's by far and the best, the best back. That yeah. he, well, actually, no, he's not. Owen Farrell's the best back. But he's in the best two. <laughs> Laminated. Yeah. Any <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, anything else you'll be looking at in this game? Uh, you know, are we going to learn anything? Do England well, the benefit the Barbars? I mean, basically, this game's on Sunday. The Barbars have already met now. Let's presume this is Thursday morning, but yeah. it's not really. They won't have um, trained much. They won't have trained much unless you consider dancing and fancy chatting. Dress. Fancy dress, yeah. Uh, and maybe the odd team-building outing. The the line-out calls will basically be the scrum half will have his hands on his knees, means it's going to two. If he's got his hands on his hips, it's going to four. And if his hands are away from his side, it's going at the back. So they are the line-out calls for the Barbars. I hate to give them away, but they're pretty obvious. Anyway, who's going to win that? Uh, England. By how many? 20. Is that all? Yeah, I think it'd be quite high-scoring. OK, well, England versus the Barbars at Twickenham in 27 degrees supposed to be yeah. on uh, Sunday, exceptionally yeah. hot. So uh, I think it'll be one of those 20-point differences, but the losing side scores 25. Defence optional, particularly when your defence coach is leaving to yeah. be head of rugby at Harlequins. OK, uh, well, let's look back at the semi-finals. Uh, I was at the Saracens game against Wasp. They won 57-33. They're certainly peaking at the right time. It's the, uh, I think it's the sixth consecutive game over 50 points um, scored um, any any worries if you're the Saracens coaching staff from that particular game no I don't think so I think that they were absolutely brilliant for 30 minutes mm. and you get that sort of lead and you put that amount of effort in you have to readjust and your energy levels naturally take a rebalance in uh, Wasps took some opportunities they didn't get some others and, and, and they got back into the game um, but what was the closest they came 10 points I think maybe was the closest they came and yeah. Saracens were always in control they always had the ability to go up a gear front five and back looked oh. immense yeah Makov and Apola incredible and Owen Farrell yeah, and Ezekwe at six as well I thought, yeah. thought he played really the well the problem was you know with his new haircut when you're commentating I thought Jesus how quick is Skolt Berger <laughs> he's really accelerating now he's like 52 years old and he's running like a gazelle and he's then grown. He's, he grown. Grown. he's taller. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I, I just I struggled with it. I thought, oh my God, who is that player? How, how good is Berger now? Anyway, that was uh, an individual problem that I had at the weekend. Um, I, I was at the other semi-final, and Exeter didn't need to get out of second gear. I think the the stats at half-time were 92% possession to Exeter. I think... Nine of Exeter's players had carried more than the entire Falcons team put together. <laughs> uh, there were only about six tackles that, that Exeter had had to make, and Sonotti Sonotti had no involvement in the first half at all. So, if you, you're but, Rob Baxter, are you a bit worried that you're undercooked? No, I don't think so. I think that you can only beat who's in front mm. of you, and Newcastle... 
not surprising they ran out of steam yeah. um, from an amazing season that they've had. Another talking point from our, our game was James Haskell wasn't there. He was at the royal wedding. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen lots of pictures of him in his uh, his three piece. Yeah. Um, what would you, you make? You and Lol had a bit of a uh, yeah, saying it's I... the wrong thing, um, mm, yeah. and then Die Young came out and said that look, it was with my blessing. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. The only thing that having read, because you go on Twitter and you read sort of comments about it and everything. The only thing that someone had put, which was quite a good point saying, I don't think it's the sort of thing that you can reply to on Thursday and say, actually, I am free now. I'm injured. Can I come? Surely you have to let them know a few weeks in advance that you're turning up to the Royal Wedding. That was the only thing that someone put. I thought, that's a good point. Because actually, up until then, I was on his side and thought, well, if you've got the coach's blessing, then... Uh, I don't go. think even with the coach's blessing, if it's the last game for a yeah, club you've been at for your entire career, yeah. whether you're involved or not, and they've got a chance of going through, you'd want to be there. Yeah. More from the fact that you're showing commitment to the group, and if you win, you want to play in the final. A lot of people saying you're jealous, though, on, on Twitter. No, not at all. If Will you Greenwood go. was there, wasn't he? Will yeah, Will Greenwood was there. Was there. Yeah, yeah, he was looking splendid. Yeah, you know, good luck to them. I thought it looked like a great day out. I didn't... Yeah. Whatever, it's, you know, if people get invited, great. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Spooks, the programme? Why? Well, is that relevant? I don't know. What's she in? <laughs> oh, Suits. <laughs> suits. Yeah. Spooks. I used suits. to like Spooks. I've never seen Suits. Uh, no. But uh, I look forward to meeting them at some stage, you know, when I'm around having dinner with yeah. Tins, with his oh. new nose. He looks a bit weird, doesn't he? Yeah. I know he's had it fixed. I mean, yeah. that was a hell of a job. They must have had five or six surgeons in there with a couple of crowbars. Oh, I, I, he just looks totally different, doesn't he? Yeah. Totally different. He looks uglier. Thing. Does that does that not make sense? Or no. is it just he's taking some, some time to get used to? <laughs> I don't know. Look, I, I think it looks very smart. I'm sure the Queen approves. Should we get back onto rugby? Yeah, I thought we were. Mike Tyndall used to play oh, rugby. And uh, he broke his nose playing rugby. Um, obviously, the Exeter Chiefs <laughs> versus uh, the Saracens. Uh, well, that's live on BT Sport, the final, the end of the season. That's on BT Sport 1 and 4K UHD from 2pm and the kickoffs at 3pm. Uh, one man, though, who didn't make the field on Saturday was Billy Vunapola, Martin Bayfield. He travelled down to meet with Billy earlier on this week and find out how the Saracens are preparing to take on the champions Exeter in the final. Well, you're in the final and a, a, a dismantling of Wasps. But actually, when you look at the figures, you scored six tries, they scored five. And it's Owen Farrell having a remarkable game that makes it look more comfortable than that. Um, letting in five tries, has that got the alarm bells ringing when you look at extra Chiefs as your opponents at the weekend? <clears throat> yeah, most definitely, because we know they, um, stats-wise, they've, they've got the most carries, um, most dominant collisions. Um, and for us, it's not simple, but it kind of tells us where we need to improve. Um, obviously, it's a, a final, but for us, it's um, a game where we need to impose ourselves early like we did against Wasps and try not to let up because there always will be a let up and everyone says, oh, yeah, we'll try and hold it for 80 minutes. But I think it's impossible unless oh, unless you can, unless you're a robot, I'd, I'd say. Um, it's tough because mentally things go through your head again. What I said earlier, you think you're the man or something, and then they score, and then as soon as that happens, you you go back to where, what the um, what you were doing right from the start. So for us, it's it's always trying to be relentless. There are times where there might be a lull or there will be a lull, and um, we need to support each other and get through those periods because we know they'll come with Exeter. But it's about um, playing our game and being physical with it. 
two big wins then in the semis, which uh, actually they oft, they're often like that, aren't they? We've had one or two tight, but you, you often yeah. see sides running away with it, usually the home side. Interestingly, third place has never won the Premiership um, and has only ever won two semi-finals in the, what was it, 15, mm. 16 years of history now. So that's a bit, don't finish third. Don't finish Memo third. to everyone for next season. Do you think that last, last season's final will help Exeter more than Saracens? Yes, but I think it'll. Sorry, so let me change change my answer. So no, then no. <laughs> it will no. help Exeter that they have been to a final and won, and they don't have that pressure on them. Uh, but equally, Saracens will be able to say, "Well, you didn't play us in the final, and we are a, a team that have much more experience than you in a final." And and I think, you know, they they. Um, I think Saracens probably are slight favourites because of that, even though Extra have been the best team all year in the Premiership. And it it it's really difficult. We've been in that situation where we, we've won the league and then you know, Wasps or someone have come along and, and beaten us in the final. Mm. And, Sale. And it sort of, as the game starts to get away from you and, and it's not going your way, just those sort of nagging doubts of oh we've stormed this league and and now they're going to do this and and I just think without having beaten Saracens in a final it's it it is a another huge achievement if Exeter win this time I th I think Exeter have been the best team in the Premiership but they're going to have to go some to beat Saracens I believe Vanapola is only fifty fifty apparently fitness wise yeah, that hamstrings that playing does make upon a him big difference. that would make a big difference but they were still he didn't yeah. do an awful lot in that game when he was on it's I, a I, psychological problem I think it is yeah it? the guy that did though. And, and is involved in a big battle this weekend is Farrell versus Simmons. Farrell yeah. has taken his kicking game to the next level. His restarts were insane how good they were. The only person, and I hope he doesn't listen to this, who was as good as these was Andy Goode. Andy mm. Goode used to get like a six-second hang time. He used to let the ball bounce for a millisecond longer yeah. and then kick it underneath. Now, Farrell's found a way of doing it as well. It's a, it's a tough skill to master and with accuracy. And he's, he's managed that. The restarts, they turned over, I think, four or five of the restarts that they had. Um, and well, so did so did Exeter, actually. So I think, there, there I think restarts would be a big yeah. part of the game. Uh, but his kicking out of hand was excellent and off the tee didn't miss. So uh, that battle with Simmons, Simmons is going to have to perform to that sort of standard. And do you think he can do that? Yeah, I was, uh, I was hugely impressed with him. And, and sort of, if he doesn't have a good game, people will say, oh, it's because he's young and inexperienced rather than just... He's had an off day, but I really rated him in the, in the... I know it was an armchair ride for him, but he just... That sharp decision-making, I thought he looked really, really good. And, and his, his eye for the line and to make a break is as good as anyone in, in the Premiership. But Exeter's pack have battered every pack that they've placed yeah. this year. So, so he is in, in that armchair, isn't he? Yeah, so let's see what happens when Sarri's exactly. played. We'll, we'll, we'll get a, a true notion of how yeah. good he actually is because it should be relatively easy between those... Uh, easy, relatively equal between yeah. those two packs. Um, predictions then, who are you going for? It's as tight a final to call as I've ever, ever known. Uh, but I, for the reasons I said before... I'm going to go for Saracens, just smarting from last year when maybe they Europe was more of a priority for them. Without doubt, the Premiership has been the big priority for them this year. Well, talking of predictions, the Super Brew uh, League, come, Fantasy League, comes to an end after this game. Um, I'm top of the league. I, I can't be caught. Count the that you've had a baby. Well, the the weeks I didn't play. You did play. No, you you had a baby. No, you haven't. 
So I, I've won out of all the pundits well and commentators. Um, and your prize is you get nominated and put forward as BT's representative to play it against the whole of the public again next year and we don't have to bother. <laughs> oh, I like the way you've pushed it aside, <laughs> even though I beat you into a pub. And I think Saracens are going to win as well. And I think they might actually win by quite a few points mm. in the final. Okay. And then that's another reason for the Exeter Chiefs to get stuck into me because they do not forget anything you say no. as a commentator and they hold it against you. They forget all the good stuff that you've said about Exeter over the years. I remember one sentence from eight years ago. And they oh, all want to kill it. I just said, I think Exeter might go straight back down. Oh, what a mistake because eight years on, they, came, they proved me wrong. Ago. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've uh, we've been involved in a lot of finals over the years. Nine in a row, actually, Ben. I don't know if I've, I've been counting. Um, but which of these two do you think is most, well, best place to be the dominant force in years to come? Just both of them? Are, are we think, turning into a Real Madrid-Barcelona scenario? Um, I think other teams will have a say. I think Wasps, I'm not sure Wasps will be quite as good next year, but I still think that they, just only because they've got new people coming in, the likes of Cipriani going... Um, and it just might unsettle them a bit next year. It might make them world beaters, but I think the year after potentially will be uh, the Wasps' year. But I think Exeter will keep... So almost, if Exeter lose this now, it will spur them on again to, to go again. I don't think they're a team that if they lose a final, they'll they'll drop off and, yeah. and one, one is enough for them. So yes, they will be right up at the top. You can see them being top four for a considerable amount of time. Um, but let's see what Gloucester do next year. Much better season this year. Danny yep. Cipriani coming in. Uh, they will have had time to get used to Ackerman's free-flowing style of play. A, a 10 or, you know, maybe a 15, but uh, I'd imagine a 10 that can direct that style of play. You'd think that Ackerman and Cipriani would be a good match tactically. So, uh, yeah, why, why couldn't Gloucester be up there next year? And it's the last ever Aviva Premiership final. Big thanks to Aviva. They've supported the yes. uh, English League for a number of years. I was their ambassador until they sacked me. Replaced me with Will for Greenwood sacking. for doing that. Yeah, nice one. Austin. Uh, well done to Will. Congratulations with that. I told uh, you should have worn trousers. Hey? I know, but I just like jeans and trainers. No, I'm, uh, I'm not corporate enough for that sort of stuff. Um, as you can see with what I've got on now. But the, my final one is, we move into the Gallagher years. Um, is this a pitch, is it, to be an ambassador? For and they'll be looking for an ambassador, <laughs> and I'm very au fait with insurance and brokerage. Um, uh, but do you think it's time for us to take the Aviva Premiership final away from Twickenham and maybe play it in Ibiza? For personal reasons, Yes. But it's worked for Europe. It was great in Bilbao, no, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think I think it's good that Europe can. Uh, I'd like Europe to con continue doing that. But I think the Premiership final is. Well, could we take it to Old Trafford? Um, Give the North something. Could we take it to Elland Road? So genuinely, if you take it to Old Trafford, does it actually make it much better for the North? Apart from the people does that live, live in near Manchester. Old Trafford, yeah. yeah. But Liverpool. like, if you're in Leeds, not that much uh, further to go yeah, I mean, 60 it, miles yeah but on, if you get the train down or I don't know half an hour alright yeah okay let's take it to Ellen Road Old Trafford would be good wouldn't it Old Trafford would be good but Olympic Stadium I don't know is the answer to that I think the I whole think the atmosphere outside the, the Premiership Finals become great I don't know whether you quite get that with a with the space around Old Trafford. Yeah, I just think that Gallagher is a company of the people, for the people, and I think it would... <laughs> See what I'm doing there, Rodney? OK, is let's move the whole, on. Or well, if it's Gallagher's, maybe we should go to um, the Etihad. 
Yes. Get Oasis to play. Oh, I, I like own, your thinking. They own Gallagher Insurance, don't they? Yeah. Okay. So, season review time. Um, we both pitched in there to be the ambassadors for next year, and we could do it together. I'm happy, to job share. Mine, to <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm happy to job share Thank if you, you are. Um, okay, season review. Quickly then, because we're coming out of, running out of time. Uh, game of the season for you. Too hard to answer for me. I can't think. Oh. Um, both sem- both semi-finals were brilliant. No, the the extra one wasn't. Newcastle had run out of steam. Um, There's well, been a lot. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to give you a best I, I know, game I've... of the season. I'm going to give you a best finish of the season. And that was uh, Newcastle's win, although it pains me to say at Leicester. I think the best game of the down. season was Leicester versus Wasps. Yeah. For excitement. Yeah, that was cool. And incident and yeah. fingers falling off. I thought that was the best. I enjoyed that game. Moment of the season so far. It's got to be the try. Newcastle scored at Welford Road, hasn't it? Well, it's not Premiership. Does that matter? Well, it does say Premiership review. Well, I'm no, reading just that rugby season. Okay. Doddy Weir walking out at Murrayfield was mine. Yeah, that was pretty cool as well, wasn't it? Uh, breakout star? Uh, Jack Willis. Jack Willis. I'll go with Jack Willis as well. Although he Did he win it? Did he win... Discovery? Discovery? No, I think no. Uh, Sam Simmons won it, didn't he? Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we disagree with the judges on that. Uh, biggest overachiever? Probably you. Thank you. Uh, I'd say oh, that's you think easy. I overachieved? Thank I think you. you did, yeah. Well, oh, go, going you. on your previous year's performances, oh, my, oh. My, my, the bar was well, very the next low. next one's biggest underachiever, which obviously <laughs> Thank you. you win. Well uh, again, congratulations. Uh, biggest overachiever. Oh, that's harsh. She can't really answer that. Th- no, overachiever is a good thing. Oh, is it? Yeah. Someone who's done more than Someone we expected. Uh, well, overachieving. Billy, <laughs> Billy, tw- Billy 12 trees for me. Yeah, I think he's been, had his best yeah. season in a number of in a number of years. Well, in fact, probably in his whole career. Uh, oh, uh, I'm going to say Joe Simmons, who isn't my breakout player of the year. That was Jack Willis. But I think having come in and replaced Steenson halfway through the season, I, when everyone else has been talking about Marcus Smith, I think, yeah, I'm going to give it to Joseph. And biggest underachiever, I think we'll skip. There'll be a load of players over the summer thinking, wow, I was rubbish this year. I've got to be better next year. Otherwise, I won't be in the team. I won't have a contract. Nick Mullins. Nick, mm, yes, I know. Biggest, I hear what you're saying yeah. now. I had um, great, great uh, hopes for him this year. And he, he hasn't made the Premiership final because mm. he's commentating on the tennis. Do you think he's, do you think he's struggling with commentating? And is, Do you think it's all getting to him a little bit? Well, the commentating game's moved on, hasn't it? It has, Just yeah. And he started to dress a little bit like the man from Del Monte. You can't wear chinos in February. Mm. You can't, can you? It's a well-known fact because you get blood, mud splattered up the back of them if you're in a car park. And they, they just don't mix with boots. No. So, you know, there's a lesson well, there he, for he everyone. He's geography teacher chic, isn't he? Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, and then the, the last one that's down here is overarching themes. Well, my favourite was Dad's Army. Who do you think you are kidding with? That one, yeah. Oh, you just want theme tunes in this? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know what overarching themes means otherwise. What was the theme tune for Moonlighting? Can you remember? Some go by day. Yeah, I used to like that. That's one of my favourites. Okay, well, as you can see, uh, it's been a long old season for a lot of us, and uh, we'd like to thank you for being part of it. What do you think people are going to do over the summer without having this to listen to? I think they'll probably just play it on repeat. This will be the last one. They'll play it on repeat. In Ibiza. Yeah, Yeah. in Ibiza. If you do see me on holiday, uh, you won't. (laughs) But if you do happen to have a really large pair of binoculars and see me on holiday, then uh, please don't talk to me about rugby. Don't even come up to me and mention rugby. When we get to the last week of August, just let me know who's signed for who. 
and uh, we'll be back then to do a little Oh, you were actually more. talking to me. I thought you were talking, talking to, to the you. people. Yes, no, <laughs> no, I was talking to you <laughs> no, and the people at home uh, or wherever they're listening on their devices. Uh, but that's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening. Uh, like we said, this is the final episode of Rugby Tonight for the season. Thanks for joining us. Leave us a five-star review, the usual bump. Please stay subscribed because we will be back next year, late August, for another great Gallagher Premiership Rugby season. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.